podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to the She Can, She Did podcast. I hope you're having a lovely week as always. Before we get going, I should probably introduce myself if you're tuning in for the first time. I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did, which for the sake of this podcast means that I'm the one sitting down with young female founders dotted around the UK and asking them to open up to me about everything they've been through behind the scenes, both good and at times testing beyond belief, to get to where they are with their business today. For today's episode, I sat down with Celia Paul, co-founder of Dame, the company that launched the world's first ever reusable tampon applicator earlier this year in a much needed mission to cut plastic pollution from periods. Having struggled to secure investment the traditional way, turns out investors who are typically male and over the age of 60 couldn't quite see the business potential for a sustainable period product that women would use once a month. Celia, along with her co-founder Alec, launched a Kickstarter campaign to launch D that went on to exceed its target by 500%, attracted backers from over 50 countries gaining worldwide media attention, trending globally on Twitter as a consequence too. On the back of that, Waitrose contacted Dame requesting exclusive rights to stock D in all 300 of their stores, and all of that happened before the product even existed. The applicator has also won a coveted Design Award for its design. The company have donated over 100,000 period products to charity partners like Bloody Good Period, helping refugees with this basic necessity. And the day before this chat, good old Holly and Phil were discussing its credentials on this morning too. On a sunny afternoon in London late April, therefore, I sat down with Celia to discuss the journey she's been on behind the glowing headlines so far. From the challenges they've faced to trying to get women to change long-rooted habits when it comes to their monthly cycle, her advice for anyone looking to go into business with a co-founder, to how she balances running a business with motherhood, given that she was heavily pregnant with her third child at the time of this recording. With ambitious plans for Dame and its mission to make more bathroom products eco-friendly going forward too, we also discuss how she handles the pressures of playing big and importantly why she genuinely believes that any woman out there could launch a business if she can. Shall we start with what your business is all about in your own words? Yes well I co-founded Dame and Dame just launched the world's first reusable tampon applicator and that's all about stopping the billions and of Uh, plastic waste that comes from plastic tampon applicators and we've launched these alongside our Dame organic cotton tampons which are better for your body because they don't contain any synthetic substances, no plastic, they biodegrade, they're compostable and we've launched both of them and you can get them on subscription and we have launched on both our website and in Waitrose. I feel like when you say the world's first it's a, it's a big statement. You're like the world's first to do Definitely. this. Definitely, it's a massive statement. But then at the same time, I remember before being the world's first, we're like, oh, is this what the world wants? Yeah. Like, no one else has done it. Are we the right people to, you know, do people actually want this? And I mm. think that's like the fear with the world's first is you never know how it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the best people are always the first to do it. And then, and then people follow in their footsteps, don't they? Let's go back to the beginning. Where did this idea, given that it didn't exist before, where did this idea stem from? 
We, um, me and my co-founder Alec, we had actually started a slightly similar business, but it was a bit different. We, a few years ago, started a menstrual product subscription service. So mm. basically what we were doing was sending out other people's products, so popular brands, to women in the UK. And the main thing about this was to offer women both convenience, choice, and a better language around the subject. Because up until that point, language around periods has been pretty hideous. Mm. You know, it's all been about discreet and that, yeah. you know, you're slightly dirty and you don't need to tell anyone about it. And we just thought that was terrible but as we were selling these products which largely had plastic in them we stopped really believing it because when we saw that thing on scale and on mass we were like this is insane we can't really contribute to it and we could see women in so many other areas of their life changing to things like reusable water bottles mm. you know reusable bags and um, reusable coffee cups and we were selling reusable menstrual product options on our site such as cups and cloth pads but no one was really buying them. We thought, well, this is insane. Why are women obviously becoming more environmentally aware, but why aren't they going for these options that are already out there? And because we had this community, we went and asked them, and the resounding answer that came back was fear of habit change. It was just basically too big. It was such an intimate area of women's lives, and they just thought, oh, I love the idea of it, but I I just can't do it. I can't face it. And we thought, okay, well, we know the way the world's going. Most people do now we need to make some effectual change and we need to make it quick. And if women are too scared to make that big leap, let's make it smaller, let's make it a baby step. So we looked at a product that women were already comfortable using, which was the tampon, and we thought, well, let's just redesign it. Casual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When that idea comes to you then, what did the process of actually putting that together, because it's it's one thing saying... That what it's a good idea. Exactly. What do but you do once you've had the Yeah, idea? definitely. How like, how, how do you start? Yeah, totally. And I think that's, that's like, a seriously good question because I think most people have that kind of, like, well, now I've thought about it, what do I do? And the good thing is is that there is no set way to do it. Mm. And I think what we did is we just went out and asked a load of questions, basically, and also found people... In person, via email, in newsletters? In person, via email, through newsletters. And I think what's always so important to remember is there are millions of people out there or billions of people out there somewhere somewhere someone else has done something similar or mm. trying to do something similar and I think we were very keen to realize that we were wanted to be innovators not inventors so therefore it's about thinking that there's so much amazing stuff happening out there and it's about pulling all those different threads together and making something new out of it and so we just basically went out on a mission and spoke to as many people as we could partnered up with some fantastic people as well and just kind of put one foot in front of the other and I think that's all it's about not looking ahead it's about looking all the baby steps exactly yeah yeah, definitely and how long did that process take so the whole design process took about two years until we properly launched which even though in the grand scheme of things if you're in this for the long haul two years isn't that long a period of time however when I don't know I'm trying to put myself in that position and when I have an idea I want to just go for it and I want to see it so what what did that feel like yes you had to do the baby steps but the actual reality of that day to day you haven't got the product in your hand yet you don't know if it's going to work properly but you're just trusting this kind of instinct (laughs) the whole thing is you don't know it's going to be two years Mm. so you are just doing baby steps so you're you're right okay fine first of all I'm going to see if this is actually a feasible idea then I'm going to see if it's a feasible idea that people want then I'm going to see if I can get money for it then I'm going to see 
So it's all just those little steps. Yeah. And at the beginning, you have no idea how long it's going to take, but you set yourself many goals. And each time if you get to that bit, you're like, okay, cool. We haven't fallen down yet. <laughs> Nothing's come along that's really shook us. Let's just go to the next stage. Yeah, and definitely. I think that's basically how we took it. And um, were you doing that at the same time as running other jobs? Yeah, so doing it at the same time the, as the running subscription the subscription box. business. Okay, so there's money coming in. Uh, so there was money coming in, but then we had, you know, the real sort of fearful thing of turning around because we did have some amazing sort of um, investors who came in for that original business and turning around to them and saying, we actually want to change our mind and do something yeah. else. And that was, yeah, that was a big, big thing and quite a scary thing to have to do with them because you've got these people who've believed in you and invested in you. You're going to say, look, I've got this completely different idea, which is more about saving the planet probably than it is about, you know, making you money what do you think <laughs> and we were really lucky that we had amazing people who believed in us and really supported us but we did you know we had to show them what we were doing yeah that's incredible and I can imagine that again putting myself in your shoes there that's a that's a lot of pressure that's a kind of they're the kind of difficult conversations that you do have to have sometimes and it doesn't yeah. always come naturally no totally <laughs> those are the really really stressy points those yeah. are the bits where you go back and you're like am I right am I insane is this mm. is what I believe in the right thing and you have to get people to kind of knock you on the head and think okay yes this is what you want to do this is the right thing but you know again if you're like going back to that well first thing get a lot of people you know I would go to my friends and go so we've got this idea we're gonna do a reusable tampon applicator and just see their faces go yeah and you know that is the difficult bit when you've got so many people who can't visualize it and understand it and you have to still sort of keep yourself strong and think, okay, no, I, I do mm. believe in what I'm doing. I do believe in what I'm doing. Yeah, I feel like that's where your gut instinct is just like the most powerful thing. Sometimes it's that tunnel vision where you ignore that kind of scepticism at the beginning totally. and you just have to go for it. Okay, you mentioned that there was a kind of stage with the funding where you were like looking at raising money for this. And I've read that you went down the traditional route at one point, but you switched over to Kickstarters because yes. it is a fact that can't be avoided at the moment that if you go down that traditional route so many investors are typically men oh yeah old old white old white, yeah I've done so and many of those pictures it's yes really, really yeah and I can imagine you turning up saying I want to launch a period product that doesn't exist yet for women isn't their forte that's all about the environment yes yeah. yeah you just get blank faces I mean as soon as you start with the word period you get a blank face yeah it all gets then, a bit awkward and then it just gets worse <laughs> from there the more the yeah. other like layers you put on yeah, so basically we just thought that wasn't the route to go. And I think also for our investors, our current investors, we were like, look, we want to show you that what we're doing has a market for it. Mm. And if we can pass that next barrier, will you let us through? So by showing them that, you know, if we go on Kickstarter and there is enough of a sort of good reaction, you know, it shows that what we're doing has got legs. Yeah, hugely. And I think it was really important for us to do it on Kickstarter. And Kickstarter is an amazing platform for doing things which are product ideas, they're world first, mm. and they're environmental, even though apparently the typical Kickstarter demographic is white guys in San Francisco in their late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. who we were targeting. But yeah, yeah, it was amazing. We ended up selling in over 50 countries around the world we're trending on twitter we yeah. like smashed our target by about 500 percent. it was just completely nuts so it was amazing to see that which to me is again crazy that the product didn't exist yet people just really got behind this idea when you do smash a target by 500 percent, you've got this money sitting in, in a pot waiting for you talk me through like the kind of steps to get that off the ground now you've got 
everyone behind you? So it's amazing because, you know, your typical way that you do consumer products is you get the product, you make it, and then you launch it. We didn't do that. And that's the thing. It's all this, like, you're trending globally on on Twitter. You've got all of these news outlets kind of sharing your story, and it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's it. It's just all that pressure on your shoulders. (laughs) It's a lot of pressure. You're like, right, now I need to deliver. But actually, that pressure is really good Mm because it really drives you. And it means, like, right now I want to go and make this product and make it the best I can be because we know that we've got these backers who are essentially your your core fans. Mm. And I really want to do it for them because they've taken such a chance on us. And then I really want to do as much as I can to give back to them and to show them how important they are. Yeah. And how did you and Alex break down who does what um, in terms of the actual business plan and, and once you've got that money, spending it in the right way to get it off the ground? Totally. So Alec and I have very different roles. Like I do much more the kind of operations, logistics, that mm. sort of thing. And Alec is much more on the kind of product design and marketing. But Again, at the time, it was just two of us. You do just sort of sit and jumble in and do everything together. And, you know, we were working from cafes all around London. And so it was constantly just us sitting there with like mad cups of coffee and tea. And just sort of I like, feel like coffee it just helps everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just like pinging backwards and forwards ideas and things like that. And so you do, you know, we try to keep things separate, but inevitably because it is, was just the two of us, mm. you know, you do have to just all hands on deck. Do you remember a moment where it suddenly became very real? Yes. I think when it became really real was after the Kickstarter campaign and when suddenly we were getting all the supermarkets calling us up. And I think that was what was really, you know, we thought, okay, if we're really lucky in a few years' time... Yeah, one day. One day we'd go (laughs) knock on their door with, you know, our little, like, box of products and ask if they can stock us. And then suddenly... We had all of them coming and knocking on our door and saying, this is amazing, I've seen you here, I've seen you there. And I think that was just jaw-dropping for mm. us because we felt like little school children would be like, really? Us? Yeah, you know of us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just any supermarket as well. Like, Waitrose asked for exclusive rights. Yes. I mean, I'm a former partner at John Lewis, so oh, I feel really? like what Waitrose and John Lewis do, I'm like, yes, that's good. Yeah, 17-year-old yeah. me um, was, yeah, a proud partner. But genuinely, like, Waitrose, that never happens. No, you know. It, Exclusive rights, again, before the product's even physically born, made. (laughs) Exactly, and I think that's what was so amazing because they could see, obviously, that this is the way that the consumer is moving and this is what the consumer is wanting. The consumer is now realising that we have this big plastic crisis and they really want to make change, but they need help because all these habits are so ingrained. And people like Waitrose are brilliant because they're seeing this and they're wanting to help be the mediator between it Mm. and so by coming to us and being so supportive of us it's been amazing and you know we couldn't thank them more and then other retailers that we're speaking to are equally as enthused and excited and I think it's such a good sign of the times that these big supermarkets and retailers are really getting on board with it yeah definitely and they helped with the kind of marketing front because like you said you know it it's not just a case of getting it in front of a target audience it's getting it in front of the target audience and changing that mindset which is a big ask So in terms of your approach to marketing and making sure that you get those values that you stand for out there, have Waitrose helped to kind of share that on a broader scale or do they kind of hold your hand through that process? Yeah, do you know what? They've been really good. They did something which as soon as we started with them, they created this thing called a B Corp aisle. I don't know if you're familiar with B Corp. Yeah, B Corp. And you've got that certification now. so we're a B Corp. And B Corp was all about business as a force for good and it's all about trying to make change through business for the environment, for impact, for people. And 
Waitrose created this B Corp aisle, which is still up online, where you can go and see mm. all the products. So if you care about the environment, you can actually see the companies which really care about it as well. Mm. And you can vote with your wallet and say, right, I choose to support these companies because I believe that they should be treating their employees right. I believe they should be treating the environment right. And that, I think, was great for Waitrose to really go out of their way to support that. Yeah, definitely. Um, because obviously, the more that small brands like us can can partner with bigger brands like the other B Corps that are on the site, it sort of creates a bit of a wave and mm. shows the consumer, actually, I need to think a little bit more about what my purchases are. Yeah, definitely. And, and you mentioned there that kind of partnering with other B Corps, have you found a kind of community in that space? Yeah, totally, because all the other B Corps are such brilliant people. Mm. They're all very like-minded souls yeah. and they all are doing things for sort of a greater reason. Yeah. And I think that's been really lovely because it means that we've got other people who we can go and speak to and obviously us being sort of babies at the beginning of the journey, you've got other big ones out there like sort of Innocent and Pucker and things like that who you can be like, hey, how yeah. are you? Know, <laughs> and you're big, but how did you find it at the beginning? And, yeah. you know, can you give some advice? And so, yeah. It's I've only fun. ever heard good, like good things about not just kind of the environmental startups, but all the superfood brands, it seems that it just attracts just a good crowd it's and funny. a crowd that supports yeah. each other and backs each other. And Once that becomes your primary goal, then all your other decisions are easy. And if like going out there and doing good for your customer and doing good for the environment is mm. a primary goal, then you're just like, right, well, that means that I should go and speak to that person and try and help them. And yeah. I should do this and I should do that. And it just means all the it other... It all becomes decisions. natural. Yeah, it all yeah. becomes natural and all becomes... You don't become competitive, you become mm. collaborative. And I think that's what's great about B Corp. And in, in, in terms of the actual process to get that certification oh was... the yeah. horrible. <laughs> that's a thing. And yeah, I think it's wow, something it's that so puts tough. people off. But it's it's one of those things that now you've got it... it bolsters your brand hugely it's like a proper credential that you can kind of now wave wave the Definitely. flag and, and you've got that's it but why b corp is good because it's not just sort of like anyone can get anyone it anyone can get it yeah. tick a box you really have to rigorously yeah. get i think it took us about a year and a half oh my goodness. and you have to open up your whole business for them to look at and really properly assess you and what do they come in or like how does it work you have like phone calls you speak to them you meet them and it's just yeah it's very very lengthy but it's lengthy for a good reason mm. because it it is allowing, therefore, sort of only the right types of people to come through. Yeah, definitely. Before we move on to the the emotional side of running a business, um, yeah, and like, yay! <laughs> Out of the actual kind of the the product journey and the journey from seeing it from start to finish, on I guess on the the business sense, what have you found the most challenging aspect of the kind of story so far? I think from the business side, I mean, we're dealing with, let's face it, a really tricky product. Mm. It's not a product which is Instagrammable, which is avocado on toast. Yeah. It's Je- not- I read a really interesting article this morning saying that, that no one wants to see it anymore. Like the kind of, yeah, 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 it's just everyone's bored of selfies in front of a wall yes, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really difficult product because traditionally it's a product that women don't talk about. Mm. So you're trying to do that side of things and at the same time it's a product which investors, male investors, don't really want to tuck, touch. So you feel like you're constantly fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. And I've got 
a friend of mine who's a fashion designer and you know she lives this incredibly like glamorous life with it and I think I'm you know in a tampon factory <laughs> with a hair net on <laughs> and I'm trying to fight to get people to think more about their menstrual products yeah. and about the impact of them both with their body and with the environment and I think that is tough you sometimes think you know why didn't I pick something a bit easier but at the same time that's what galvanizes you and mm. pushes you and drives you to move along because you just think people are so aware about their plastic bags that they're carrying but no one's really thinking about all these menstrual products yeah. and no one's really thinking that half the population get their period every yeah. month yeah and there's all that needless waste that no one's really talking about mm. and I think that is a real um yeah galvanizer and pushes you along but it does mean that the road is trickier yeah because I read earlier that it's something shocking like nine tampon applicators per kilometer of beach and it I mean that stat in itself it's that's horrifying yeah so that that galvanizes me to make the switch you know it's but I'm the classic person I guess that you're trying to reach out to where it's it is that mindset that needs to change I've just never thought of reusing something because to me it's such a disposable thing exactly and that's what you've been brought up yeah because we've known no different like it's just and also we've never really talked about it because if you're like me and you've got your period in the dark ages (laughs) <laughs> you um, you basically, you were told probably once at school and then your mother probably showed you what product she used. Yeah. And then you might have mentioned it to a friend. That was it. Mm. And you never talked about it again. And so you just, you know, robotically use the same products every month mm. without really thinking about it. And, you know, there's that scary thing where the vagina is one of the most absorbent parts of your body. Yeah. You don't really think about what you put inside it and you wouldn't pick something up and put it in your mouth without really, really thinking yeah. about it. And I think... it's a very scary thing that people don't engage with because it's so private and Mm. you know we need it's been amazing over the last two or three years that this has increasingly been a subject that people have talked about it's on instagram it's in the news Mm. it's on blogs well it's only in the past couple of years that they've even started using actual red blood on a tv advert like it was that blue liquid or something wasn't it yeah Yeah. blue liquid and it's it's amazing because it means that this conversation is being brought out into the open and yeah not everyone might be comfortable with it Mm. but at the same time it's a reality they kind of have to get used to it exactly it's normalizing (laughs) it so that we can actually think okay all this stuff is creating such a huge amount of waste and actually it's not that difficult to use a reusable mm. and it really won't make much of a change in your life but the environmental impact it will make is huge mm. absolutely massive and that definitely is a huge push for us because you know it's a cumulative problem every month women get their period so every month this mountain of waste is getting bigger and bigger and in you know it'd be amazing for every girl who's coming through puberty to see say, look, instead of using this disposable product, try a reusable. Mm. And it doesn't have to even be our product. Try a cup. Yeah. Try a cloth pad. Try something. And just give it a shot before you move on to the disposables and you don't think about it again. Mm. Have you faced any resistance, given that everything you are saying makes sense and it's, it's shining this negative spotlight on the market-leading brands out there? Have you had any resistance from them? From the big boys? Yeah. There's very few of them. Because you're definitely ruffling some feathers, it seems. Like, if you trend globally, they're going to have heard of you. I think definitely there are sort of ripples in the water. Mm. But they're only going to get, because there's relatively few of them, they're only going to get really concerned when huge amounts of people move away from their products. And that's what we need to work on. We need to work on getting as many people moving over to reusables. Because 
until then, they just have, like you just said, people mindlessly going back and buying the products again and again mm. and not really engaging with it. I think that was scary is when we sort of first started looking into this. Of all the people we surveyed and asked them what their emotional reaction to their menstrual products were, I think we got about 0% or 1% had an emotional reaction to it. No one else really thought about it. Mm. And that's what those companies love because they know you will just come back like clockwork. Yeah. And so... The more and more people who can go and move and change away from them, you know, that will send tremors and that will show them that either they need to start making big changes in their products or they need to really start coming and collaborating with smaller companies like us because it can't continue this way. Mm. Let's move on to more general challenges. Um, I, the reason I launched She Can, She Did is to kind of open a more honest dialogue of what's going on behind the scenes to launch a business to give I guess young women the honest reality that if they want to launch a business absolutely go for it but to go in with the right mindset that it's not always going to be easy so can you talk to me about what you've struggled with most being your own boss I think like first off the bat I wasn't I came to this after I'd had my first baby so Mm. I actually came to doing this relatively late and I never ever I'm definitely not your classic entrepreneur I'm really the opposite I'm a warrior I like overthink things mm. I'm not your sort of yeah I'm just not a sort of classic fit for it and I was coming at a time where I'd had a baby and therefore my confidence was really low mm. and I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I think that in itself is really difficult but at the same time I feel wow I wish I'd known more when I was younger when I was sort of in my 20s that actually anyone can go off and do this You don't have to be a set type of person. You don't have to have a set mindset. Just go and give it a go. Yeah, definitely. And actually realise that the failures are the important bit Mm. and how you learn from them and how you move on from them. Because I think that was my biggest challenge was actually sort of pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Mm. I think one of the good things for me is I had a co-founder to do it with who's very different in character to me. (laughs) He's very positive and very sort of Blue skies and thinks big and... Opposites attract. Yes, and thank (laughs) God for him. And, you know, it just meant that we... I had someone there kind of pushing and motivating me and at the same time he had someone there anchoring him Mm. and actually working out what the path was going to be. Yeah, no, definitely. Can you kind of think of a day that comes to mind where that worrying and, I guess, anxiety you've had to deal with... I'm trying to think of a day where I haven't had to deal with... Um... Like a bad bad day on the job. What's... Yeah, I think you can have loads of bad days on the job. I think a lot of the time in the kind of state where we were changing over to this new idea, mm. I think that had a lot of self-doubt in it. And I remember going and seeing someone who I really respected their opinion and I went to them and said, look, this is what I'm thinking about doing. This is the idea. What do you think? And we chatted all the way through it. And then at the end, I asked him this sort of dreaded question, which I don't think I really should have asked. Of like, I was like, do you think I should do it? And he was like, honestly, no, I don't think you should. Mm. And I thought, gosh, what do I do? I really trust this guy's opinion. What do I do? What do I do? And I walked out and I remember thinking, do you know what? If I don't try, I will be more annoyed at myself than if I give up now. Mm. I have to try because otherwise I know I will be just really cross with myself. And that was amazing to feel that emotional reaction to it. Mm. But I think that indecision when you're someone who probably likes a clear path has always been quite tricky. Yeah. But I do think that you should give yourself credit because so many people would have heard that no from someone they respected and thought, oh, okay then, I won't, you know? 
So, yeah, like, there's you've definitely got something up there that's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. Has, what about has anything gone drastically wrong in terms of like logistical headaches? Yeah, we've had we've had loads of we've had loads of logistical headaches and loads of sort of smaller things that have gone wrong. I mean, you know, you have things where you've straight off the bat we ordered way too little of a product and suddenly had to quickly rush some across all of those things sort of the fear in the pit of your stomach mm-hmm. goes and then you're just like no no head down head down yeah fire, how fire. do I solve it and I think that's the thing is every single day things go wrong mm. but as long as you take them as challenges and think okay these things are going wrong I'm not going to get freaked out by them I'm just going to try and solve them yeah, then definitely they become less scary. Mm. I think always the scariness is in the unknown. And as soon as you just face it, or eat the frog, as I'm trying to always tell myself <laughs> to do, which is obviously always do the toughest thing first thing in the morning, then the rest of it gets easier. Yeah, no, that's so true. One of my favourite quotes at the moment is that um, I'm beginning to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I feel like that just summarises everything when you run a business. There's no, like, no two days are the same. Yeah. There's always going to be something that pops up that challenges you you've got to kind of confront it head on or what else you quit like you have to just get through them you don't you have to keep moving. we've yeah. got like a massive saying which we always use which is demo and this came about through a period where I was being really indecisive and demo stands for do it move on and it's all about not being stuck in indecisiveness mm. and make the decision if it's the wrong decision you change it later on but just make a decision keep moving keep moving yeah and that's key in a business and I think the times where we do find ourselves in trouble is when we're deliberating over something for too long yeah you just need to keep moving everything along and bad stuff will happen but you just deal with it mm. and then you move on again yeah and I guess and I read on your website that you're now looking at other products that you can kind of bring in and make more ethical and so you're you're rolling with that kind of yeah, momentum aren't you totally I think we basically got to the stage where we were really amazed by the reaction that we got from everyone and how much they weren't just getting behind the products, but they were getting behind the mission of Dame. Mm. And we thought, okay, well, if we can do it with something as unsexy as the tampon, yeah. <laughs> let's try and do more. And Well, you've definitely, um, what is it, swallowed the frog? Like with that <laughs> eat, one, if yeah, you like, eat, the, eat the, the frog, exactly. eat the frog. Done the hardest thing there. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the rest of If you can make finished. tampon sexy, you're fine. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. We thought, well, let's just go out into the bathroom and try and see if mm. we can do something there and effectively turn it green. And I was actually thinking the other day, we are in the midst of designing these new products and thinking why are we not taking the easy route like we could just literally just launch something in a different color and that would be so much easier than what we're trying to do because we're trying to do something quite game-changing for our next product and it's just not the way that we operate we Mm. kind of have made a rough our own backs and we want to do the really difficult challenging stuff that we feel will have the widest impact this podcast is sponsored by zero accounting software who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. You mentioned at the beginning that your friends were a bit sceptical at the beginning. How have your relationships with both family, friends, etc., etc., evolved as you've launched and grown this business, either for the better or worse? They've been... Yeah, it's been really interesting. So I now have two small children and I've got another one. Yeah, imminent. Imminently (laughs) about to come. And I'm very lucky that my husband is also in the startup world as well. So that has been always amazing because he's been someone to bounce ideas off. And, you know, if I come in dragging my shoulders at the end of the day, he can sit down and kind of pet me up. So that's been amazing. And obviously dealing with kids is 
and businesses, you know, I don't think that's isolated to only people who have their own business. Mm. You know, any working mother knows how tough that is. But in terms of like friends and family, it's been amazing to see people get on the journey with us and also not just girls, like guys as well. And, you know, my dad, who's really like, yes, I saw this about period here. And, 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 you know, all these other people who you don't realise quite how much they're gunning for you when they yeah. sort of stop seeing things in the press or just random articles about periods and you get them sent to you and you're just like, yeah, well done you. Yeah. <laughs> and even even a manufacturer who you know is typical of manufacturers where he you know he's he's amazing but sort of I don't think he'd ever really sort of talk or spoken about periods before in his life and suddenly he knows all these period facts yeah he's telling me he was like at the weekend I had some people around and I was telling them about your product and they were like being a bit skeptical about it so I showed them and then they bought it and I was like well done you you yeah. know this at the beginning the guy sort of I don't think he'd ever sort of known what a tampon was mm. and it's amazing and I think it goes back to that thing where if you're on a path where you're trying to do something that's better for people and better for the planet, essentially it's very difficult not to have people behind you. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you can't, I can't fault it. Do you know what I mean? Like no, no one can fault what you're doing. It all makes sense. It's, I mean, it's so lovely. I just hope that we can do it. You know, our responsibility is to do it justice. Yeah, definitely. And to make sure that we can get the best product out there for people, that, you know, we can constantly improve it. We can make sure that we're giving people the best information, the best experience mm. um, to really sort of do them proud of, of the belief that they're putting in us. Yeah, no, definitely. You, you mentioned that sometimes you do come home and your shoulders are slumped and you've had a bad day. What do you do when, you know, you are trying to kind of, it's such a, a big project that you've taken on, as you've said. You're not where you want to be yet. There's still work to get done. How do you switch off and just be Celia for a bit? Like, what what does downtime look like when you've got two kids as well <laughs> and an, a third on the way? So I'm a big walker. Mm -hmm. So I will walk to work, walk back from work if I can. And that's generally sort of, sort of like a few miles. So I have a good time to stamp out all my aggression. <laughs> So by the time I get home, you know, I've sort of hopefully dealt with quite a lot of it. Mm. And I do very much try to do that sort of at home, switch off as much as possible and not really kind of engage with my phone, not engage with anything yeah. else and dedicate that time to them and dedicate when I'm at work to work. It doesn't always work like that. <laughs> but, but it's a nice, it's a nice ideal to try and yeah. live up to. But yeah, I think definitely exercise being outside not looking at a screen is mm. so so important i honestly think like exercise keeps me half sane i yeah. just think like oh God, i just completely. if i haven't worked out in a few days I'm, i start to get a bit itchy and i'm yeah. everything your head gets foggy and you don't Massively. make proper decisions increasingly and... i'm finding exercise is not for the body it's for the mind oh my it's god yes. Yes. 100 percent yeah. for my sanity so that i don't sort of find myself spiraling down a hole yeah definitely again you you mentioned that being a mum with a business, you know, mums in corporate jobs also have the struggle of the balance. But how has being your own boss and motherhood, what's your experience been like juggling the two? It's been really interesting because essentially... Because, because like you said, it is a third baby. Your business is oh my God, yeah, uh, it, soon to be fourth baby, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is your baby. It's, it's really weird because essentially, I've, I guess I've done it throughout the whole time. Obviously, mm -hmm. I had my daughter before I started this, but... I've had my son in the meantime and got this one on the way. So everyone's grown up organically with it. It, It is sort of, it is a weird thing. I mean, at the very beginning, you know, I was taking my daughter to meetings with me and, you know, she was, when I was packing the boxes at the very beginning when we first started out the subscription, you know, she was like sitting on the floor chucking tampons yeah. left, right and centre. <laughs> um, 
So it's all been very much there and kind of well, and it's been amazing to see my kids like you know some of the first words have been tampons. Are you serious? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. really. And you know, and and it's been really lovely for me to, for them to kind of That's be, be involved in that. You can't really get away yeah. from it They're with you the whole time. Um, I think one of my best things is actually when we did design this um, applicator was seeing my son just use it really intuitively. And I was like, yes, if a three-year-old can use it. Anyone can. Anyone can use it. But at the same time, yeah, you do have those moments where you think the balance is out. I'm not getting it right. Mm. Um, And they can sometimes make you really sad. But at the same time, you think at least I'm doing it for a reason and a cause that I really believe in. Mm. And I think one of my greatest moments the other day was coming in to see my daughter just before she was about to go to sleep and she suddenly looked really worried and I was like, what's the matter? And she she said, oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do when I'm older as a job to get, how am I going to get food and what my job's going to be and what my company's going to be called. And I just thought, oh my God. Oh my God, that's (laughs) so amazing. Amazing (laughs) that one of your top worries is what is your company yeah. going to be called oh my gosh yeah how old about. is she she's six that's actually amazing um so I, I feel I, like i'm going to tell everyone that story <laughs> so i had to kind of like stifle a smile take it really seriously yeah, yeah. you can call it whatever you yeah. want um, <laughs> let's brainstorm yeah. <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah and that's the thing isn't it it's it is yeah, it's one of them things again where you just make it work you know like yeah. you have no choice but to make it work yeah, but, you like know. all the other working yeah you exactly have absolutely no choice. yeah you've just got to get on and do it and it's sometimes it 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 feels like it's working really well and a lot of the time it doesn't mm. but you just have to keep going mm. and and do you find that that's where the benefits of having a co-founder Alec can kind of step in if there is a day or like what's what's that experience been like having him yeah, there by your side having a co-founder is just invaluable mm. and I would advise anyone who's thinking about going into business to do it and make sure, make sure you get someone who is shares your values but is very different in terms of skill set. Well, and that's the thing because I've heard it go both ways um, and it's normally when people are too similar and they haven't kind of mapped out who does what and it all gets a bit complicated. Exactly. So it sounds like you've got the best balance. You need to have a very kind of yin and yang relationship but again have that common theme mm. that drives you both. And yeah, he's amazing. So, you know, he will pick me up when I'm feeling down or help me with things and likewise I'll try and help him and he's very supportive of you know the fact that I'm a mother and the fact that I've got kids and sometimes I have to be a bit late and sometimes I have to run off and go and see you know the school performance or whatever (laughs) it might be and yeah it's incredible and I'm very very blessed to have him. Out of everything given that we're I mean you only launched so recently I feel like like I said before we turned the mic on that it's it you seem like a business so much further down the line what's your proudest moment been so far oh my god so like there's so many accolades hang on let's let's get these out so you yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean Firstly, the you've won the is it Dazine? Yeah, the Dazine Design Award. That was I mean, nuts. That's that's huge. That was totally nuts. So that was so Dazine for anyone who doesn't know is like one of the leading design magazines in the world, mm-hmm. and it's all like the top architects and designers. And so we were nominated for the award, and we went along to the Tate Modern 
in this amazing room and we got in there and our table was right at the back and our chairs were <laughs> facing the wall and I was like that's it we're not gonna win but oh my god amazing that we're here and so when they called our name first of all we were facing the wrong way and <laughs> had to like crane around and was just you know it was incredible we were in this room with all these top top people globally who had flown across for this and Dazine were recognizing a tampon as part of this category and I think that was just nuts because it it meant that you know what we're doing is being pulled out of that dusty sector that it is and being brought into the limelight yeah. and that was incredible and it's a cool award as well is that, is that yeah, it there? That's it there. yeah yeah it's a really cool award it's a, like a concrete d yeah no it's, i saw on your instagram that it was used as a kind of a tampon yeah it's our thing tampon in your, dispenser yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the designers would love that <laughs> um, I mean again we've mentioned it already but the fact that you exceeded the Kickstarter campaign by 500% Waitrose contacting you before it's even launched you've been featured in Forbes Vogue Fox News Glamour yeah, I mean, we were, it's we were on it's this morning. This yesterday. morning, yesterday, Holly yeah. and Phil were discussing your products. Like, this morning, we were that's like a big deal. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. What's what's the proudest moment? Um, God, I mean, it's. I think all of those are amazing. I think that actually, sort of just seeing the kind of the reaction to it, and I think probably the proudest moments are when you actually see the customer reactions mm-hmm. and when you see people who get in touch with you through our website or on our social media and just say, thank you so much. Like, thank you, thank you. I, you know, this has been an issue for me for various reasons. So sometimes it's not always environmental. Sometimes it's health or disability mm. or other things. And they are being so happy and supportive. And I think that's the bit where you're just like, when you actually feel it's not about the awards, it's about the individual people that you're helping and are actually making changes. And you think, cool, that's amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah actually someone out there is really getting on board with it and making this change and making this change which they don't realise the implication of what they're doing. Mm. Like it's 12,000 plastic applicators that they're saving from going either into landfill or into the ocean. Yeah. And yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, trending on Twitter was nuts. Yeah. (laughs) That too. (laughs) We were literally sitting there at a friend's house and suddenly someone was looking at phone going like uh, your twitter's going a bit strange and i was like what what twitter and looked and then just yeah the whole thing we spent the rest of the night just everyone glued to their phones just watching the whole thing and was that crazy. on the back of the kickstarter campaign that like, was what, yeah what on prompted day, that day three of our kickstarter yeah. campaign wow yeah crazy. that's amazing um what have you learned about yourself since day one of this business what what has being your own boss and particularly being your own boss with this incredible product what, what have you learned about you I have learned that I have pushed myself out of my boundaries a lot more than I ever did. I think I sort of spent a lot of my 20s playing it safe. And now I really challenge myself the whole time. And mm-hmm. that's been amazing. And I've learned that because I didn't push myself out of my boundaries, that I was so, so scared of failure. And it's so natural to be scared of failure. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why so many people really want to do stuff and they never actually yeah. do it. Because that fear of failure stops them and I've learned that actually the failure part is the best part that's Mm. always throughout the time when we've been doing this business that's where I've learned the most every time that we've had failures that's where I've really learned and I think that's I would say that in hindsight because at the time they're always so shit they're horrible (laughs) at the time terrible terrible. it's one of them things is I'm so I completely agree with what you're saying but there is that caveat, isn't there? That oh my God, totally. they're, they're horrible. Yeah. The world is over, and you're just like, what do I do? Yeah. Someone comes swallowing me. I should be doing me? this. Yeah, let me run away. I just want to hide my head. Yeah. But, but no, you do learn a lot. But you do learn a lot, and I think that the more you have of that, mm. 
the more you get a bank of it. So you're just like, wait, come on, something bad's happening. You do remember that good stuff comes out of this. Yeah, and definitely. And someone said, what is it, like, beautiful flowers always grow out of shit. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's true that, you know, you can, like, those, those failures are really important as long as you learn from them. Yeah, definitely. As long as you're not just repeating the same thing. And it goes back to just knowing that that's all part of the parcel, isn't it? You trust yeah. the process. You know that you've got through X, Y, Z. So the next thing will be... You know, it, both of us, there'll be days coming up where it will test us again. We'll get through them. Totally. Yeah. And the more you have of that, the more you realise actually that's just part of the course. That's normal life. Mm. And actually the, the most difficult thing is actually taking that first step because the rest of it, yeah, it's going to be rubbish, but you can carry on moving while you're doing it. Yeah, it's definitely. just taking that first step. And what about business in general? Like what have you learned about what's been the, the biggest surprise so far oh my god all of it because I didn't really know yeah. <laughs> like literally all of it I think the biggest surprise is the fact that anyone can actually do it because mm. I always used to think and I can't stop my own business because yeah. I don't know anything about business yeah. I don't know anything about profit and loss or a balance sheet or anything like it's that so, it's all the I think the terminology puts so many people totally. off like the, all the VAT stuff I'm like sorry I just don't understand that like really? but you or just ask like for help funding, don't you yeah people yeah definitely about convertible notes yeah. and equity and yeah, just nod along like uh huh oh I spend a lot of my time nodding along yeah um, so yeah I think it's not that scary and there are so many people out there who can explain it to you mm. and can help you and I've had so many people who have gone hi can yeah. you just sit down with me and explain the spreadsheet because I have no idea what's going on and you can just grab that help from so many different places so that's the thing I think the business side of thing calling it business it puts people off mm. when actually it's just no just solving problems the yeah. whole way through yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, solving definitely. problems yeah and asking for a lot of help, uh, a lot of help. <laughs> yeah amazing um going forward then where do you see this business going next? What do the f- next five years hold for you if you had it your way? If everything goes to plan. <laughs> um, I think basically we want to move further out into the bathroom. We really want to go and look at the bathroom because essentially in, in the kitchen you get about sort of 90% recycle rate. In the bathroom it's 50 and actually recycling is the last option, not the first. Mm. And we really want to go in and create sort of circular systems that people can be comfortable using reusable products like they do their disposable products mm. now and really push that out and not just to the UK but go global with it and you know the more you can get the younger generation growing up feeling that this is a normal way of life the better because mm. essentially I mean one of our big things here is we love to basically be LLG which is live like granny because essentially <laughs> I'm such a granny granny had it right <laughs> Granny was reusing everything, you know, she had all her ribbons in a drawer, she reused her jars, she reused everything. Yeah. And I see I'm just a granny in the fact that I, I, I like a cup of tea in the night in. <laughs> but I need to I need to turn into that granny. <laughs> but it's the whole it's just habit and habit is easy and difficult to break. And I think that's what we really want to kind of set our course on mm-hmm. is just to help people basically bridge the gap for what they feel is too difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's the thing, isn't it? It's um, you, you know, I feel like you've won me, me over just in this conversation. But it's just it is such a simple step. It's not the way the product's been designed. It's cold water, isn't it, that you can use yeah. to wash it? Like you don't have to sterilize it or anything. No, it's just, we went through this whole. You know, we spoke to so many antimicrobial experts, and we're like, you know, should we do boiling? Should we do um, different sort of chemical formats of cleaning it? And it was like, no, this is a very low tech device, yep. and 
as, as one of them said, you know, people have been putting on clean things in their vaginas for years mm. and it's, it's never actually done them all Yeah, so, we've all heard the horror stories. So, so don't, don't worry, don't worry about this. And, you know, it's, it's just sort of breaking down those barriers. And I think that's what's really important to us with everything that we do is we just want to make, break down the barriers mm. that would stop people using it and make it as easy as possible yeah. so that people find it really um, intuitive to make the, the switch. Love that. Okay, rounding up then. I have been ending this podcast by um, ask, well starting some sentences, and I'd like you to finish them, please. Okay. Pretty please. Um, okay, Celia. Being my own boss means dot dot dot. Uh, being my own best means owning the highs and owning the lows mm. I think that's what's brilliant is all the lows and the mistakes are your own but when you do the highs you can really kind of get excited about it because yeah. you know that you've it's been down to you and your team and the other people you've been working with it's it's really exciting to kind of really own the whole process if you had to put a stat on percentage break it down highs to lows <laughs> oh, what would it look like uh, I'd probably say it's really tough because actually some of the highs you've like, had so I feel like you're going to completely swing this because you're you're it's such a short space of time there's been so many highs yeah, for you yeah the trouble the lows going yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now right now we're sort of doing about sort of 80% high 20% low which is pretty wow. amazing it hasn't always been that yeah <laughs> that's amazing um, when it's not quite going to plan my advice would be to uh, go and ask for help yeah Yes. Go and ask for help. Go and brainstorm with someone else. Don't keep it inside your head. I think as as much as you, I used to be such a bottler. And the more you bottle things up and you don't let it out, the worse. So mm. literally, just go and ask for help. Yeah, definitely. I feel like sometimes saying what you're struggling with out loud can some you get the answer before they've totally. even they've even come up with anything. It's kind of you just voice it totally. and it's like oh yeah, voicing actually I can things, do this. Yeah, voicing things is so a bit like therapy. <laughs> get it out um if I could go back to day one of my business I would tell myself uh I think it goes back to the failure thing don't fear the failure Mm. like literally embrace the failure and 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 don't think that that's the end because I think at the beginning when you get all the resistance and people telling you no and this is not possible and you're like oh my god it's not possible I can't do it (laughs) but actually realizing that that failure is all part of it and that you just got to get on with it Love that. If I had to describe myself as a businesswoman, I would say that I am. I'm very pissed myself, pants, because I wouldn't describe myself as a businesswoman. Everyone says that. I feel like I need to rephrase this question. Um, Who does actually describe? Yeah. I don't know. I would. I would say that I'm someone who. Yeah, I wouldn't really describe myself as a business person. I'd just say I'm someone who's basically problem solving and putting one foot in front of the other, yeah. and and day by day learning a bit more Mm, yeah love that and very lastly kind of answered it already but I guess personally as well as the business I want my legacy to be that legacy god I don't think I'd ever have a legacy (laughs) but yeah I think you already have like (laughs) I think the the really important thing for us is to get as many people to switch to reusables and that doesn't have to be our products Mm. it can be anything but if we can see it, that's a real sort of dream of ours. And if we can see that swing over the next few years and we've helped that, that would just make me smile until I go to my grave. Love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And we're Thanks off. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to She Can, She Did. 
If you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes to give the She Can, She Did series a little boost and help others to find it. You can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can, She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners, featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important GNTs in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there. Thank you.